When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, come on, admit it. The entire time you watched the Super Bowl, with every pass, every scramble, you thought to yourself, can Kenny do this? Can Kenny eventually get to this level? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. Not coincidentally, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates the same place that you found this. There were two outstanding, in their own way, in their own distinct ways, quarterback performances in the Chiefs' 38-35 to victory over the Eagles. And in a lot of ways, there were different components to those performances that made you think about Kenny. And again, I... I Look, you pressed play on a show called Daily Shot of Steelers. I don't have to wonder what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking when you're watching that because I'm thinking the same thing. You're thinking the same thing. When you watch Joe Burrow play in a game that doesn't involve the Steelers, what are you thinking? Yeah, can our guy do that? Is our guy capable of this? And when you look at the different types of numbers that these two guys put forth, Patrick Mahomes had 182 yards on 21 of 27 passing, three touchdowns, no picks. He also added 44 yards on six carries. And that last one is really the one that jumps out because what's going to be remembered out of that last drive, other than the penalty, is that Mahomes was able to run for 25 yards right down the middle of the field on an ankle that was already Uh, injured but then was re-injured, probably made worse in the first half. Good for him. Deserved the MVP. Other side, Jalen Hurts. Wow, he could have had MVP too, huh? The reason people are talking about that, 27 of 38 for 304 yards. Average completion of eight yards. Sacked twice, interception, node, and uh, one TD. He also ran 15 times for 70 yards. And the reason that stands out is that none of his running backs could do that. They didn't even come close. How about Miles Sanders, the Woodland Hills kid? Seven carries for 16 yards. Are you kidding me? Chiefs really, really did well in the trenches, which I'm not sure everybody was expecting, but not against Hurts. Now, the fumble (laughs) kind of takes a little bit away from that. So if you were going to have one of those arguments that the losing player or a player from the losing team should get MVP, the fumble would kind of quash that in a hurry. But as far as Kenny goes, okay, the obvious correct answer here is it's way too early to know. He hasn't been in an NFL playoff game. He hasn't been the starter for a full NFL season yet. Blah, blah, blah. Obligatory disclaimers aside. 
I don't look at the game that he has, meaning his arsenal, and say, man, he's really missing this vital thing or he's missing that vital thing. I know people like to talk about the his arm strength, but there's not much to support that. Uh, he's not a combine guy. He's never been a combine guy. I'm sure if he had a chance to do the combine over again, especially after that small hands fiasco, he wouldn't even participate. I wouldn't. But when you see Kenny release the deep ball, and you're going to remember at least a couple of those later in the Steelers' season, notably one to Deontay Johnson down the left sideline, and now that I put it like that, you just remembered it. The arm's good enough. It's probably average by National Football League standards. Whatever. Whatever. All that's relevant in that equation is that he can get the ball where he wants it to go and to be on the same page with his wide receivers, which I will remind he still hasn't had a full season of that. So let's go ahead and grant arm strength in particular to Mahomes and say that's not something that Kenny will ever be able to do. Although, well, he won't, okay? But Kenny has made uh, a declaration, really, I guess you could call it, since the end of this past season to go and get bigger and stronger. And that's something that Mike Tomlin always preaches to his players before the second NFL season. Now you're going to get into NFL shape, he tells them. Everyone thinks they already are because, oh, look, I was in college and uh, I worked with a strength and conditioning coordinator. Not the same. Not the same. And you ask anyone, anyone who's played for the Steelers after the second year, if Tomlin was right, and they will, they will agree emphatically so he can get stronger, he can get sturdier, he can plant himself better and maybe become better in that regard. He's not going to be Mahomes. Okay, so we're given that one. Tell me what else. Tell me what else you got. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Is he that kind of scrambler? I don't know. But I do know that he can throw scrambling to his right and to his left. I know that he's perfectly fine with hanging in there and taking the hit. <laughs> we saw plenty of that. And I know that he's Sometimes, actually, I thought later in the Steelers season, he got a little bit too comfortable uh, and felt too much in need of creating space for himself and moving out of the pocket. And that would only disrupt his offensive line instead of taking advantage of them when they started playing better. But he can do all of that, too. And he can run on set runs. So, you know, what's missing? Is it the intangibles? Maybe, but I really, really doubt that. Did you see some sort of lack of poise or moxie in his game this year? It's not like he played games that were completely without pressure. You know, this team went 7-2 and two down the stretch, regardless of what you think of that achievement in isolation. And I know there are a lot of fans that think very little of it. The fact, the mathematical fact of the matter is that this team put itself into a position where they could have qualified for the playoffs, which meant that the games mattered. How about the home game, the Franco game? 
don't think that one felt like it mattered. It sure did to the people who were in that stadium, most definitely to those wearing the uniforms. What did he do in that one? Right, right. What did he do in Baltimore? Uh-huh, that too. So he's got that. I'm not suggesting, look, if anybody hears this and thinks that I'm saying, oh, this guy belongs in a class with Mahomes and Hurts or whatever. No, I'm not an idiot, at least not most of the time. He's someone who has the ability and the potential, underscore that term, to get this team where it needs to go. That's all. I think that's a fair, fair thing to say. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from John, who asks DK... You said that the official's call near the end of the Super Bowl was correct. And the player himself, Philadelphia player, admitted to it. So why is one penalty the main issue? Didn't Hurts lose a fumble that went for a TD? Isn't that also the cause of the Eagles losing? John, I don't know when you pressed pause or stop on yesterday's podcast. But I had an entire subsection within that segment that said that I didn't believe for a split second that that penalty decided the game. I called the Chiefs worthy champions, and I called the Eagles in a semi-respectful, really not tone, losers. Because they were the team that went out there with the 10-point lead at intermission and gave up a score literally every single time Kansas City possessed the ball. That's not winning football. That's not winning football in September, let alone in a Super Bowl. And that goes double if your team is founded principally on its defense. Wait, no, 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 on its sacks. And then you come up with zero? Against a quarterback who can barely move? Come on. Come on. Now, I said this yesterday, John, but you weren't the only one to come at me over, why are you saying that the penalty was the main issue? I didn't say that. I didn't come close to saying that. In fact, again, I went out of my way to state the exact opposite. But here's what happens. You make a headline out of something. Okay, and that's what's on the, the podcast and the video versions of this and everything else. You make a headline out of something, and everyone presumes that you think that's the biggest issue, meaning that defined the game. No, it's the issue that I chose to talk about because it was a feeling that I had afterward that I, in this context, not working, not covering the Super Bowl, as a football fan, felt a little bit cheated. I felt like there was a great finish there to be had. And I strongly suspect I wasn't alone in that regard. And I saw the penalty, which was 
accurately called, and I brought that up, and I brought up that Bradbury himself said that it was a penalty, I felt it was ticky-tacky. I felt it was a kind of a small thing, but especially in the context of the way those officials had called the entire game. You know how many holding calls? You know how many flags there were for holding in this game? Zero. You know how many holdings occurred per snap in this game and in every other football game that's played everywhere? That's right. 100%. None of them were called. So if that's the standard that you've set over the course of the game, but then you get right down there to there's two minutes left and I'm going to throw this flag. That's one part of the problem, at least as I perceive it. The other one is that everything in the passing game, in particular in the NFL, feels like an impending infraction. Am I wrong on this? Regardless of whether it's the Steelers or any other team, every single time there's a catch or non-catch or there's just a pass, but especially a little bit downfield, it seems like there's going to be, you just feel it. You're like looking around to see who's going to pull the flag out. And I'm sorry, that's gone too far. That's jumped the shark in this sport. You know, you have to let the defenders play at least a little bit. So that that was, well, this was basically just a repeat of yesterday's show because I got so much backlash to something that I didn't actually say. I appreciate the question. I appreciate your listening to this show, John. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thank you.